Are you a follower of Jesus Christ who's done being quiet? Are you ready to tell the world whose you are, totally, fearlessly, and unapologetically? And are you ready to smash that imaginary wall that supposedly divides your career and faith life? Welcome to the C-Suite for Christ podcast, where we talk about living as a disciple of Christ in the world of work. Before we get to the content we have in store for you today, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Are you a Christian-based organization? Well, so are we, and we're here to serve you. We want to help you with your mission, so please visit paragonmarketinggroup.com to see how we can help. Well, welcome everybody to another edition of the C-Suite for Christ podcast. I am the founder of C-Suite for Christ, Paul M. Newberger, and it is a blessing to have you here today. As you may or may not know, our slogan here at C-Suite for Christ, our mission, the number one reason why we exist is to cover the world in Christ. We cannot do that alone. I cannot do that as one person. We cannot do that as one organization, we also need wonderful individuals such as yourself to help us do just that, to push back against secular society, to push back against these anti-Christian forces that may be permeating all over the place, people that uh, just want us to shut up and be quiet. That's not what we're about. And because you're listening, because you're subscribing, and hopefully because you're sharing this podcast with others, we're going to shine the light of Christ in every dark nook and cranny all over the world. And it's a blessing to have you helping us within our little community. Our guest today is going to be Jeff Harmon. Jeff is the owner and head coach at Brilliance with Coaching and Consulting. He's been a C-Suite for Christ member now for about a year. He's located in in the New Jersey area, and I think you're going to find this out fairly quickly. He's one of the most brilliant business minds around, and he puts Christ first. How refreshing is that? It's going to be nice to have that conversation with Jeff coming up here later on in the program. But one of the things that I've talked about a little bit of these shows Previously, or some of the jobs that I had in previous uh, life, in a previous life, I suppose, but one of the jobs where I really cut my teeth in sales, where I really cut my teeth in marketing leadership was at St. Thomas More High School. I started off as their director of development, pretty much raising money to then uh, moving up the ranks to the vice president of advancement for that organization. And I pretty much oversaw all revenue generation modalities for St. Thomas More, including marketing, development, and admissions. And one of the the things that I did while I was there that I was very proud of, because again, I I am a fairly creative guy, but at the time, as I was just getting my feet wet, I I didn't really know that I had this skill set necessarily. I came up with a video for St. Thomas More High School. It was kind of like a multi-purpose video. It's a video that you could send to donors to try to get those really big gifts. It's a video that you could send to prospective families to try to get them to really see the magic behind St. Thomas More High School. And it was really kind of like a one-person project. I wrote the script. I didn't film it. I hired a crew to do that. But I wrote the script. I conducted all the interviews. I did all the editing. I mean, this was a big, big 
deal. And if I do say so myself, I, I thought it turned out great. So we put this on our website. People bought or requested a number of these DVDs that I would ship them out all over the place. And I remember I shipped the DVD to one of our board members. His name is Don, was Don. He's still alive, but I don't think he's on the board anymore. And um, Don called me one day just laughing hysterically. I mean, I've never heard this guy laugh this hysterically before, and I'd known him for a while. And what he found so amusing is the DVD that I sent him arrived, but it arrived in about 1.9 million pieces. I mean, I don't know what the Postal Service did to this poor DVD. I mean, I, I guess I guess if I'm going to blame anybody, I'm going to blame myself. I mean, I put it in this very thin case, and I put it in what would be affectionately known as a bubble mailer. But, man, I think if you had like a mouse on the bubble mailer, it might have cracked the DVD case. It was not very deep. It was not very thick. It was not very protective. But man, it's like this 500 pound guy sat on it repeatedly because this DVD was busted into millions of little pieces. And Don just could not get over how funny it was that it's almost like this thing exploded. He took a picture of it, sent it to me, and it was really kind of funny. But part of the reason that the DVD smashed is you had this very fragile thing, this DVD. It's a very fragile object, and it was basically it encountered some rough external forces, and because there wasn't enough protection around the DVD, it got smashed, busted, obliterated. The DVD itself was very fragile, and again, it just took some exposure to some rough elements, some heavy elements, some tough elements to break that thing down, to shatter it into a bunch of little pieces. And, and now that I'm a little bit older, now that I'm a little bit wiser, now that I really have put God at the center of all that I am, at the center of all that I do, I can't help but draw parallels between that fragile, smashed, DVD and some of the things that we as Christians go through on a regular basis. When I think of the human body, either literally, physically, or, or figuratively to some degree, I would say probably the most fragile piece of our body is our heart. And if you think I'm wrong, tell me. Shoot me an email, find me on social media and tell me that you think I'm wrong. But I mean, your heart is probably the most important part of your body. It's where a lot of your emotions come from. It's where a lot of your feelings come from. You hear this a lot. Well, she broke my heart. I gave her my heart and she smashed it. Your heart is so important because your thoughts, your dreams, your ambitions, your excitement, your energy. These things that just really get you excited about things in life emanate from your heart, but your heart can be smashed. Your heart can be broken. Your heart can be crushed when subjected to some of these very rough external violent forces all around us. And I think we have to be attentive to this because not only is your heart super important, as I said, your heart is very Fragile. If we look at scripture, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. 
Once again, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Putting your heart in a very thin bubble mailer is not going to protect it from the heavy forces of society today. And if you think about it, man, they're everywhere. It's sickening how heavy these forces are everywhere you turn. You see these things. Just a couple of examples, and this list could go on for quite a long time. Look at our culture today. Who among us thinks this culture is going in the right direction? You have men pretending to be women, and they're being allowed to enter female swimming competitions. And if we push back, we're transphobic. We're supposed to accept homosexuality. Yet if we, if we raise a stink because there's men wearing an eye patch for a thong and they're wearing a dog collar around their neck, we can't push back because now we're being homophobic, even though they're obviously taking this to the extreme. It's okay to kill babies up to eight months in the womb of their mother because it's the woman's right to choose. And if we push back, we're anti-woman. This culture sucks. It's everywhere. Our sensitive, empathetic Christian hearts are like that little DVD in that thin bubble mailer getting smashed constantly. And I'm not talking about a slow smash, like something that would take weeks, months, or years. You could wake up in a good mood, and by the time you go to bed, you're upset at everything that you see. And I don't think it's a coincidence. The culture is this aggressive and the culture is this in your face. But those, the heaviness around culture can just totally smash your heart. But I think to some degree, though, we have to be very mindful of what we put into our brains, what we allow our eyes to see, what our heart starts to process to some degree. Think about the books that you read. Think about the movies that you watch. Think about the television shows that you absorb. Now, again, there is pretty, I mean, sex is everywhere. And society is just pushing that on us in ever more aggressive form. Speaking only as a guy and the male, the primary purpose of the male is to make sure that the population goes on. So you kind of have an idea of how our brains are hardwired to some degree. You're watching a PG-13 movie. All of a sudden, a soft porn scene comes on and it starts taking your brain into dangerous places. You start thinking about things that you shouldn't be. You read books. Maybe there's a little blood. Maybe there's a little violence. Maybe there's a lot of swearing. Starts taking you somewhere to a place mentally you don't want to go. Books, movies. How about songs? Man, some of these song lyrics are unbelievable. I find it ironic that society gets upset when there's a song, Baby, It's Cold Outside, and they want to take that off the airwaves and cancel it because apparently it glorifies sexual assault when some of these songs that win Grammys have words that I can't even comprehend, but those are okay. My point is, when we look out at culture today, this culture is anti-Christian. 
It's going to continue to get to be anti-Christian, if not worse, and that's going to trouble our hearts if they're not guarded. The books that we read, the movies that we watch, the television shows that we absorb, the songs that we listen to, that is going to smash our fragile Christian hearts unless we guard them. The people in your life, I totally believe this myself as an international keynote speaker and sales trainer, the number one, the the thing that more than anything else, the number one predictor of who's going to be successful in life, both personally and professionally, is who you do life with. Who do you spend time with? Who do you hang around with? Who do you talk to? Who do you spend the weekends with? Who are your mentors? Who are you learning from? If these are very top-notch, high-quality, successful people, it's almost a foregone conclusion you're going to be a success. But if these are people that can't get a job, they're dependent on the government, every other word out of their mouth is a swear, they don't mind talking raunchy and about all the things they'd like to do with the woman that's on their TV, if that's who you're hanging around with, you're probably not going to make it very far in life. Who you hang around with, who you associate with, they can smash your fragile heart if you're not careful. How do you guard your heart? How do you do that? I'd say a couple of things real quick as I get ready to wrap up this segment. It First of all, it takes work. Anything worthwhile will not only, A, not be easy, B, it will require work and effort. If your heart gets smashed, it may never get repaired again. Not only smashed in a relationship sense, but there was a, there's a laundry list of Christians who started out as Christians, had their hearts smashed, blamed God, and never went back. I can't imagine too many of those people are living very high-quality lives right now. And it says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. This should be one of your number one criteria, one of your number one priorities every single day. Wake up, say hi to the kids, work hard at my job, and guard my heart. Because if you don't guard your heart, you're screwed. That's just the way that it is. So real quick, how do you guard your heart? One, you got to spend time in the Word. The Word is God's instruction manual for daily living. It's not just cool stories. It's not just around influential people, be it Moses and David and Daniel and Jesus and stuff like that. No, it is an instruction manual on how to live a high-quality life. My friend Colton Dixon who uh, appeared at the third anniversary celebration for C-Suite for Christ a while ago. He's all over K-Love. It's a Christian music station. He describes the Bible probably better than anybody I ever heard. He says the Bible is God's love letter to the church. I think that's absolutely fantastic, and it it's, fits well that we're talking about heart and love letters. But you got to spend time at the Word. That's going to help you armor up. That's going to protect your heart. It's going to make you bona fide bulletproof for whatever comes your way. Plus, it's also going to keep you from absorbing too much of this world. Things that you shouldn't be watching, thoughts that you shouldn't be thinking. The second thing that I would say is make sure that you're fostering an intimate relationship with your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He's not just there to save us. He's not just there to answer our prayers. He's not a pinball machine. Jesus 
desperately wants an intimate relationship with you. He's running after you full speed. Think of the story of the prodigal son. The father didn't wait for his son to come to him. The father ran down the driveway to greet him halfway through. That's Jesus running after you. He wants a relationship with you. Are you building one? Are you nurturing one? Are you fostering one? If not, it's going to be hard to protect your heart because the person that loves you more than anything else anywhere isn't an active part of your life. Lastly, pray. Prayer is the number one weapon that we have, and we should utilize it often. Now, again, just because we pray, again, Jesus is not you know, in a gumball machine. He's not a genie. He's only there to answer our prayers. That's not how it works. But lifting things up to your heavenly father, asking Jesus to come into your life, to give you strength, to fortify you, to support you in your time of need. It's amazing how he hears those prayers and answers those prayers because this society does not. This society is going in the absolute wrong direction. And if you watch the television shows, if you listen to the music, if you surround yourself with very earthly people, it's going to pull you in the wrong direction. It's going to smash your heart. And according to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, that is the worst thing that can happen because above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Promise me something you will make guarding your heart a priority. Because if you guard your heart, this world can't touch you. If you guard your heart, this world can't impact you. If you guard your heart, nothing that happens in the world will drag you down. And that's all this world wants to do. It wants to drag you down, beat you down, make you cower in the corner in submission, pull you away from your Christian faith. But if we can stand strong, if we can stand firm, if we can stand shoulder to shoulder against these forces of secular society, they're trying to smash our hearts and withstand that beating together, maybe, just maybe, we can cover the world in Christ. After a really short break, we are going to be chatting with Jeff Harmon, a member of C-Suite for Christ. He is the owner and head coach at Brilliance with Coaching and Consulting. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back, right here on the C-Suite for Christ podcast. And before we introduce you to our guest here, I just want to say once again that we cannot, we cannot cover the world in Christ by ourselves. I mean, just ask yourself, if you take a look at society today, are you happy with the direction that society is going? Do you feel that to some degree Christianity is widely loved, respected, appreciated in a lot of these different sections of the world? If not, are you going to be part of the problem or are you going to be part of the solution? And one way we can be a part of the solution is join the conversation. Help us cover the world in Christ. Go to our website, csuiteforchrist.com. Attend one of our monthly gatherings. Sign up for our ministries. Heck, just receive our newsletters and check us out on social media. But whatever you do, do something because together we will ensure that God's light is, sh- is shown in every dark crevice of this planet. 
One person who shines God's light very radiantly is a member of C-Suite for Christ. He's a friend of mine. His name is Jeff Harmon. He's the founder and head coach of Brilliance Within Coaching and Consulting. He's joining us live from New Jersey. Jeff, wonderful to have you here today, sir. It's my pleasure, Paul. I've been excited ever since I got your invitation. Well, of course. And again, this wouldn't be much of a podcast if we at least didn't have Jeff Harmon join the conversation. Jeff, as you know, we are unpacking a very important Bible verse here today on this episode of the C-Suite for Christ podcast. It's Proverbs 4, 23. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Jeff, what does that piece of scripture mean to you specifically? Yeah, it's it, it's, it's everything, Paul. And I, I loved when you just when you recited it, you emphasized the word everything flows from it. And I think the guard your heart part, and then some translation it, it's translations it says be attentive to your heart. Um, and that's important. That, that first part is really important. We might talk about that a bit, but the last part for everything in your life flows from it. I think that to me is what has really developed as a passion over the last couple of years as it relates to that verse is just to open leaders' eyes. That's who I get to work with, CEOs and, and, and high-level leaders open their eyes to the truth of that and that everything in their life, I mean, everything flows from the heart. Well, one of the things that I'm a little curious about, and obviously you have a passion for this verse, you're a living embodiment of this verse to some degree, but how specifically, Jeff, does somebody guard their heart? I mean, I mean, to me, there might be a disconnect for some Christians reading that. I get it. I understand it. It's important. But how specifically does somebody guard their heart? What does that look like in your opinion? Yeah. So I'm going to, we'll, we'll talk about the, the guarding in, in a second, but I, I want to use the different translation here to start and, and really is the on-ramp, I think, to this whole conversation. And that's be attentive, give all attention to your heart. Um, it we have stepped over our heart or at least left our hearts to particular parts of our world. We've left it for the ones that we love the most, our families. Uh, we've left it for those that are believers. We've left it in the realm of church. And we've created these real clear divides between where the heart belongs and where the heart doesn't belong. And and, and so if we use the phrasing, give attention to, pay attention to your heart, that's, that's really where when I bring this, this idea to the world is that, 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 that people start to attend to their heart in every aspect of their, their world and that, they, that we eliminate the divides between the sacred and the secular and that, that we see it all as, as, as a place, as places where our heart belongs. And, and so that's where I would start is, is pay attention because again, as that second part of the, of the scriptures reads, 
everything flows from it. Your leadership flows from it. All your relationship flows from it. If you think about even the definition of the heart back in the, the Old Testament writers, they didn't really have a conception of the brain. So when they talked about the heart, they were talking about your thoughts, your desires, your dreams, your physical. They did have an awareness of the physical element of the heart, that it, that it was a source of life. And, and so my wish is, is that pay attention to it in all the aspects of your life. And then you can go to, once you have that insight and that awareness of that truth, then you can say, well, this is really important. And I need to pay attention to, to my heart. I need to guard it. I need to allow it to be, to be nourished, to be fed, to be wholehearted and, and how I see things to be aware that my heart can be wounded. My heart can be injured. My heart can be under attack. And, and so I think that's the first place before we even start with the how to's, it's just to create an awareness in people's minds of what the reality of what the truth is about this thing that we call the heart. Yeah, well said. So now that we've built that base, now that you've kind of walked us through what the heart is and why it's important. So now let's go back to that, I suppose, original question. So if somebody says, all right, makes sense. Jeff, I agree. This is important. I got to protect my heart, not so much in a what you eat and exercise level, but from a spiritual perspective, how does one effectively guard their heart? Yeah, it's especially in the times that we live today, because our hearts are always under attack. Um, and it doesn't and a lot of times it's insidious um, attacks that 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 we don't even recognize um, things like being discouraged or being down or depressed, um, sad, sadness. I mean, those are things those can be attacks on the heart. So when we talk about guarding it, it's it's it. Number one, awareness is huge. That's how we guard the heart, is aware of how important it is. And then what are we, how are we nourishing our, our, our hearts? We are created, our hearts are designed in the image of God. That's who we've been created by. So who else is better for us to go to, 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 fill, to fill us up than, than our creator? Than, than our father. Um, so I would, and it, and it really has to go beyond the, the, the 15 minutes of quiet time, the hour, the 90 minutes at church on Sunday, or the, 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 the Bible verse of the day. All of those things are really helpful and good things. Um, but, it, but it has to be a constant awareness that because again, that second part of the of the scripture, everything flows from it. Everything you do, whether you know it or not, flows from your heart. So the the guarding of it is is a is a constant thing. It's awareness. It's an attunement to 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 our to our God, to our Father. And it you know it reminds me of this um, the one the story as the story goes um, the theologian, speaker, writer, Dallas Willard, he was approached one time by some students and they were really curious about, you know, Dallas, tell me about us, about your 15 minutes of quiet time. And if you've heard Dallas speak, he passed away a number of years ago. He's very Midwestern, slow way about him. And he looked at these students and he said, 
I, I think God is much more interested in the other 23 hours and 43 minutes than those 15 minutes of quiet time. And I think that speaks to your question, Paul, of guarding your heart. It's just this awareness, um, first and foremost, of, 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 all, the, of all, the, all areas of our life and all the hours of our day. Yeah, and to your point, I mean, society certainly doesn't make this process easy. I mean, I mean, from the minute you wake up, there's a bit of a spiritual war going on, a cultural war, and the things that Christianity, the things that God, the things of heaven, the, 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 those value propositions are not at all aligned with the things that secular society and culture uh, holds dear. And, and from the minute we wake up, it's bam, 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 be it what we see on social media, be it in the news, be it what's going on in the world of politics. I mean, society makes it very, very difficult for us to guard our hearts to some degree. In your opinion, how specifically does society make it difficult and what can we do knowing that about 16, 17, 18 hours, however long you're up, you're going to be facing these attacks. How does society make it different or difficult? And what can we do to protect our heart from those societal attacks? Yeah, well, you know, you talk about the world at large in, and I was asked, you know, what's my opinion about this situation or that situation or this issue and that, that issue. And, and I, I, of course, have my opinions on and perspectives on things, but my, my go-to answer is we need Jesus. The world now needs Jesus m- more than ever. And, and so it kind of going to the second, the second question, which is building on the, the whole conversation about guarding your heart. It's there's, a life with God, a with God life, again, not reserved for little pockets of time, um, not reserved for certain days of the week, but, but to live, to live a with God life, that, that is the only, (laughs) that is the only answer. And, you know, our, our hearts are a deep well, they are, they are a deep well. And, and, who better to fill the well than, than the one who may, as Paul said, the, I can do all things through the one who makes me who I am. And, and so this real intimate conversational relationship with Jesus is, is, is absolutely essential because you're right. The world, it bombards us. It, the, the, the lies, the accusations, the the cunning the deceit the the misdirection it is it is everywhere and it's only accented by the the technology that is at our fingertips and and so the invitation for for leaders and for all people who might be listening is is to live this with god conversational life with him and 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 I'm not going to be prescriptive of what that looks like for, for every person. Um, but that's the, that's the key is to, is to allow God to dwell. And he's done that through Christ. If we have decided a life in God, a life in Jesus is, is what we have chosen. Our hearts have been made new. 
it is no, as Paul says, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So he's dwelling within us. We don't have to, our hearts have been moved, changed from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. And so we just have to, we have to live that with God life. Yeah, well said. I mean, it's like one of our missions here at C-Suite for Christ is to help Christian business executives, should they elect to do so, to create a Christ-centric culture in their organization. I haven't figured it out yet, Jeff. I don't know how at 9 a.m. when you report to the office, you take your spiritual cap on, you put your secular cap on, and then when you get back in your car to drive home at 4 or 5 o'clock, whatever the case may be, okay, good. Now I can put that Christ cap on. If, if you're truly in Christ and Christ is truly in you, it's a 24-7 proposition. So why worry about turning it on, turning it off, just constantly be connected at that deep level. I, I think that makes a tremendous amount of sense. Well, and I think if I could, if I could just say something about why that happens, and these are good intentioned people is, is that many leaders, they have this perception of the sacred and the secular and that they look at their friends who are in vocational ministry and, and they say, well, that's holy. And, and this is not, that that's sacred and this is secular and and so they've they've created this 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 framework in their minds that that there is this divide and and so that what i hope ceos can start to see is they they are at their post they're at the post that god has has put them at and that's as holy as the pastor or the nonprofit CEO who's doing kingdom work, that, that they are equally as holy. And, and so that's, I think that's one of the keys, not the exclusive key, to, to helping access more, um, more of themselves, more of their hearts at the, in their work. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, when you just look at it, too, from a quantity perspective, you know, people will sometimes spend an hour a week at church, maybe more if they're more heavenly involved, maybe less. So we're seeing a lot of that in society today. But how many hours per week are these people spending at work or in the office? What a great time to witness. What a great time to minister. What a great time to introduce and encourage some of these individuals along their respective faith journeys. And Jeff, part of the reason I love you so much is you not only are doing this personally, you're also doing this professionally. Hard to believe. We only got about 60 seconds left in this conversation. But tell us a little bit more specifically about brilliance within coaching and consulting. And if some of the thousands of executives listening to this podcast today wanted to hire you or have you come alongside them, what would that look like? How do they learn more? So we are all about creating high-performing teams. We do a lot of work in the life science space, but we work across industries. And what we have come to, to know and believe is that culture and leadership is the, is the accelerant for, for creating high-performing teams. And when we're invited to do it, we bring the gospel in the center of those cultures. It's not always, it, it's not always appropriate in certain settings for that to happen, to be that explicit. But whether it's explicitly done, 
whether we're simply talking about the power of bringing your heart to your work and embedding a, a culture of servant leadership, we believe that this is our post, our post to help organizations to, to, to be able to transform. And what it looks like when, when we engage with somebody is to really get an honest assessment of, of where they're at today and where do they want to be. That's, that's the first step, is to do that, that, that high-definition image of that leader in that business and do that examination so that then we can see what, what's the gap. Well, you are doing some truly wonderful work there, Brother Jeff. And again, one of the, the, the two calls to action, I would say to our listeners here today, one, Jeff Harmon is out in the New Jersey area. C-Suite for Christ has members, not just all across the country, but all across the world. We have official members in six countries right now. If you're in the New Jersey area, look Jeff up. Not only is he a very inspirational person, but just based on the services he provides professionally, he could be a blessing to you. But if you want to meet more people like Jeff, this podcast, the people that we feature are members of C-Suite for Christ. That's it. Imagine meeting people like Jeff on an ongoing weekly basis. Prayerfully consider joining our movement. Prayerfully consider helping us cover the world in Christ. And for more information, go to our website, csuiteforchrist.com. Dot com. Jeff, you are always exceeding my wildest expectations, brother. Thank you so much for being on the podcast today and sharing your words of wisdom with us. It is greatly appreciated. Most welcome, Paul. Thanks for having me. We'll be right back with more for the C-Suite for Christ podcast. Sit tight. Well, as we get ready to wrap up another edition here of the C-Suite for Christ podcast, First and foremost, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank my good friend and brother in Christ, Jeff Harmon, the owner and head coach of Brilliance with Coaching and Consulting, just a wonderful human being, a member of C-Suite for Christ. And one of the things I love most about Jeff is he could take these very complex topics and break them down into easily digestible and practical recommendations. Just a wonderful guy, a member of C-Suite for Christ, and he's really been a blessing to me personally. So I got three calls to action for you here before we run out of time. Number one, if you're looking to align yourself with a brilliant business strategist, you need to look up Jeff Harmon. Again, not only does he just have an excellent business mind, but he puts Jesus Christ first in all that he does. It's the best of both worlds. So again, look up Jeff Harmon, brilliance within coaching and consulting, and I think you're going to be pleasantly surprised at the wonderful job that he does for you. Number two, I would say, is take Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 to heart, pun intended, because it says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Society is going to try to smash that heart. Society wants to smash your heart. Satan wants to smash your heart. Evil wants to smash your heart. Because as it says in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. It's like killing the snake by cutting off the head. Once the head goes off, the rest of it dies. If society smashes your heart, everything you do flows from it, and you're just going to be a shell of yourself, which is what Satan wants, which is what evil wants, and which is what I would say to some degree, society wants. Wake up every morning. 
kiss the wife or your husband, spend some time with your children, go to work, work very hard, give glory and honor to God in the process, but also put on that checklist, guard your heart because society, Satan, and evil desperately wants to smash it. Guard your heart by spending time in the word. That is God's instruction manual on how to live a high-quality life. Build an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ and also pray on a regular basis because that's the way that we communicate with God. And if you're connected with God and you believe in God, he can do some very amazing things through prayer. So please, please guard your heart. Lastly, if you're looking for a community of Christians, a community of believers, people that know what it's like, not only to be influential people within their organizations, but people that know how tough it is out there in society today and gets together on a regular basis to encourage each other, inspire each other, motivate each other, disciple each other, prayerfully consider becoming a member of C-Suite for Christ. We are a Christian community of business executives from all over the world that comes together to do just that. Because if one of us falls, it starts a domino effect where we all fall. We are only as strong as our weakest link. If you think life is tough, if you think life is challenging, if you think you have nobody to talk to who stands on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ, we do exist. We do exist. We'd love to have you attend one of our gatherings. We'd love to have you join us for one of our ministry offerings. Heck, we'd love for you to become an official member, plug you in with our group, and start meeting world-class Christians like Jeff Harmon, like Kimberly Krieger, like Gary Loop. The list goes on and on and on. People that have all been in some of these previous episodes of the C-Suite for Christ podcast. Go to our website, csuiteforchrist.com for more information. In the meantime, I am Paul M. Newberger, the founder of C-Suite for Christ. I can't thank you enough for blessing us with your time. Make sure that you're subscribing to the C-Suite for Christ podcast. And if this message has been a blessing to you, please don't keep it a secret. We are called in scripture to tell as many people about him as possible. Share us on social media. Send an email to a few of your friends. Take the link of this URL, text it to your contact list. Whatever you do, share the good news with others and together we'll cover the world in Christ. I love you, everybody. God bless. We'll see you next time. Thank you for joining us on the C-Suite for Christ podcast. People everywhere are thirsting for Christ. Our goal is to cover the world in Christ using hope, encouragement, and God's nourishing words. We hope you'll join us. Please visit csuiteforchrist.com and come back soon for more conversations centered around God's endless love for us all. I saw you in my dreams before I came here. I will keep you in my dreams when I leave here. I won't forget you, no, 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 no. I won't forget you. You're like one of a kind and my eyes light up when I 